going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode three of Four String. Happy to have you back here. Uh, we got some good stuff for you today. So let's go. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's get it rocking right away. Stud, how you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I am overwhelmed. I'm happy. I am excited. Let's just roll into it. I love it. So first thing I'm going to talk about is uh, basically reiterating how much I hate college football. Alabama wins their sixth title in 12 years. So really they won't have those them. guys. It's, it's garbage. I really hate those guys. We talked about it last week. Yeah. I still hate it. I think it's a joke. There's zero competition. So I'm not even going to spend too much time on college football because it's not even fun. 52 to 24 was the final of the college football championship. Yeah, they're honestly too, too, they are too, I don't even know how to dominant. How to, yes. They're just too much for everybody else. Right. It isn't even fun. And, and that 2017 class is crazy. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not fair having all of those people, those top end talents show up at one time. That 2017 right. recruiting class is arguably the best ever. Well, yeah. And when you've got three of the four Heisman finalists all on your offense, uh, yeah, that's not really fair. Yeah, like, it's no. Devontae Smith is an animal. I mean, <sighs> you actually thought for a second there that that game was going to be close. You know, they were, yeah. Ohio State was kind of matching them with everything. It was 7 7, 14 14. Then all of a sudden, Devontae Smith decided, yeah, okay, time to, time to end this one. And they had that poor linebacker just running after him, like, right. wait, well, so okay, out, Ohio guy. State, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, come on now. But, you know, 35 17 at the half, that was kind of when I was just like, okay, it's a wrap. Yep. Like, all right. Ohio let's, State's uh, not coming back. Switch so. over the channel. Right. Let's watch something else, literally yep. anything else at this Some point. NBA. <laughs> it's anything. I don't even care. Turn on Friends or The Office or something like that. I'm, hey, I like I'm done with this. I'd rather watch a show I've seen a million times Love that. on reruns than watch just an annihilation of a game in college football as the championship. To me, it's just not, yeah. and plus, not worth watching. Plus, another fun fact, that was the lowest viewed college football national championship. And I believe like – what like twenty something years? Yeah, I saw, I saw that stat too. I think it was. Yeah, 20. it was just some crazy amount. It was like just unbelievably low. Just right. no one watched it. <laughs> Absolutely. But with that being said, let's get her going into the NFL. So <sighs> that sound. I know. I know. I, I love, love it. Oh, I got the chills <laughs> from that. Yes, let's sir. go. Let's go. So super wild card weekend. It was. A very awesome weekend of NFL football. So Had much our fun. first Nickelodeon game. That was pretty sweet. I Shout actually out. did watch that quite a bit. Shout out Mitch Trubisky for being the uh, MVP. Um, he now has that on Patrick Mahomes and Tishon Watson. It should honestly be the MVP, most non-valuable player. Because <laughs> yeah, I would probably. say that that would definitely fit the category for Trubisky. What is the what does the N actually stand for? I didn't even Nickelodeon. Oh, Nickelodeon valuable, valuable player. player. Is that yep. what it was? Yep. And that was all fan voting, correct? Yep. Yeah. The what MVP. a joke. <laughs> they felt bad for him. They wanted to give him some type of award. 
Well, he has to earn something. <laughs> well, they didn't earn a win in that one. Uh, Saints nope. handled them pretty well. Have fun at home, the Saints guys. Saints didn't even play that well. No, nope. to be honest with you, the Saints kind of just squeaked by that one a little bit. I think if they were playing really anybody else, they lose that game because the Saints did not play well either. But anyway, Saints move on. They play Tampa next week. Uh, Buffalo got their first win since 1995. First playoff win. Sorry, you that realize is a huge thing. That's you realize that us. the two of us were not even alive. Right. That's they. They last won before either of us were alive. It really that makes you appreciate, you know, kind this, of our sports teams as as painful as some of the years have been, and some yeah. of the games that we've lost. It really makes you appreciate the fact that yeah. uh, we've at least won some playoff games in our yeah. lifetime and got a Super Bowl win and stuff too. So yeah, but hey, shout out to Bills Mafia. I'm so I am so happy for them that they finally have a team that's actually a quality team that can actually show up, show out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, just hopefully they show up to the Super Bowl and lose to the Packers. I'd be all right with that. Yeah. I think so too. Also in that same draft class, uh, you got Lamar Jackson with Josh Allen. I mean, looking back at that draft class, it's like, wow, there's some studs. For that sure. was a very good, very, very solid draft class especially at the quarterback yeah absolutely and, you, and like and you truce trubisky that's funny yeah that's funny well yowza hot our problem right anyway ravens bounce over tennessee ravens look pretty good their offense is starting to work the way that kind of everyone was anticipating this year so yeah um i'm not too happy i lost some money i had some some uh money on the titans so oh, no no uh, wasn't too happy for that one but ravens versus buffalo should be a fun one in my opinion i think it'll be a shootout but i mean yeah it'll be a fun fun watch that's for sure yeah definitely i mean i think that game you know you got both those guys kind of searching for their legacy in a way yeah you know, and I think Lamar has kind of the step up as of right now with winning the MVP. But as far as like Super Bowl rings or even appearances, anything like that, neither of them have that. So they're both in search for that. And I think they both have a really good opportunity to get there. We also had Tampa over Washington, which, you know, that was kind of to be expected. However, T- shout, out just, yeah, shout out Taylor yeah, Heineke. Shout out Taylor Heineke. He played, he played like just Evolved. a mauler. Yeah, he, yeah, absolutely. He put his heart into that. Shout out to him. Um, I'm hoping he can find a place to maybe have a shot at the uh, uh, franchise spot. However, um, that was the Taylor Heineke show out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the cool thing about it was – you know, he's got the bad left shoulder, which, okay, yeah, that's not your throwing shoulder. You can still play on that. But the cool thing about it was you don't see a ton of that in today's game. More often than not, if a guy is hurt, they're going under the blue tent and they're done kind of thing, you know. So it was nice to see him. You know, he took a beating. and Yeah, he did. He, he, just, kept, he just kept battling, gave it his everything. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough for Washington, but – Yep. You know, that's a that's a tough Tampa team. So to keep with them was pretty impressive, you know, and 
I know we talked about it in episode two, but I just kind of want to talk about it again. Alex Smith, man. I mean, I know he didn't play in that one, but I actually just watched, which if you've never watched it, it's called Project 11. It's an E60 thing on ESPN+. Plus. Very, very graphic as a fair warning, sure. but definitely give that a watch. Um, you know, I knew everything about Alex Smith and kind of what he went through and all that kind of stuff, but actually seeing the process and seeing, you know, just his mindset through the whole thing. I mean, he's got just unbelievable heart. And, you know, you see it in the, in the documentary because they show his leg and it's basically nothing. Like it's, yeah, that's, I can't even describe it. It is one of the brutal. most, like they call it a military uh, wound. Like that's what they described his really? leg as like, wow. like it was blown off from all the surgeries and the different things that he had to go through. So seeing that and then hearing him say football might not be over for me. I'm like, what? Like, how are you thinking about football? I'm thinking about how I'm going to be able to walk again type of thing, how I'm going to be able to get out of this hospital with both of my legs, because they were seconds away from amputating his, his leg. And he's thinking about getting back in football. So the I know NFL we talked about it episode two. One but. option. The NFL has one option, and that is rename the comeback player of the year award mm-hmm. after him. Shout Absolutely. him out every season. He's very deserving of that. You know, and I, it's an inspiration I feel like the to NFL, I feel like the NFL is not really giving the true recognition that the thing deserves, like the entire just situation of it all. Because, yeah, they've talked about it, and you'll hear a little bit about it on ESPN or, you know, the different media outlets and things like that. But I just don't think it's getting the true recognition that it deserves. But anyway, like I said, if you haven't watched that, Project 11, it's on ESPN+. Plus. It's an E60 documentary. I believe it's like 44 minutes or something like that. Definitely give it a watch. But like I said, be fair warned that some of the stuff is very, very gory. So. Shout out to Alex Smith one last time. Shout out to that guy. He is yes, sir. a warrior. Absolutely. That's a perfect way to describe it. Absolutely. So then the last game from uh, Wild Card Weekend was the Browns. So you Upset can't see it because this is an audio podcast, but I am wearing my Baker Mayfield jersey. Woke Shout up out Baker. Dangerous. Shout out to Baker. Shout out to Cleveland for pulling off that crazy upset. And not just pulling off a crazy upset or pounding Pittsburgh. Right. That was a pounding. Yep. They I mean, went in there and they just said, you know what? This is ours. The Browns is the Browns. Apparently. I mean, that was just an absolute hauling. Yeah, it really was. I mean, from play one, you know, <laughs> I mean, they had that, yeah. they had that fumble that turned into a touchdown for Cleveland on the first play. And you're thinking, Whoa. Yeah. Oh, Pittsburgh wow. doesn't exactly look, uh, great here out of the gates nope. and it was just all downhill after that you know the offense struggled Cleveland moved the ball well they seemed to run at will yeah I mean, that is in my opinion that is the best one two running back combo in the league between Chubb and Hunt they are just unstoppable and then you got it's, Baker playing well it's yeah it's, it's it's a tough offense they will for sure be a problem to send home yeah Absolutely. And even though you got the defending champs up for you next week in Kansas yeah. City, you know, I just 
I don't yeah, think it's going to be mean, an easy like walk through game for no, Kansas. No, it will not be. I, and if I they mean, treat I've, it that way, it's ugh. yeah. They have been a very quiet, just great football team because they just come in. They are tough. They battle. They will go toe to toe, and then it finally showed out. They showed up in Pittsburgh, and they just whomped them. Mm-hmm. So, so obviously, you take that to to the following Sunday, I believe it is, against the defending champs. There is so much, I'm sure, just positivity, home and um, just hey, let's show up and let's pound the defending champs now. Yeah, this is ours. Oh, there's there's definitely positivity that is involved in that, but there's also kind of some negativity going on and that's being talked about with them, even though they won. And I kind of want to dive into it because to me, it's just moronic because you got Juju before the game. Oh my God. Against, against the Browns. He said the Browns is the Browns. He's dismissing them. He's not worried about them. Yeah. Nice call. That won't ever pan out for you. You just look, you just look really dumb. Absolutely. Juju is talking all this trash you know, saying he's not worried about them. The Browns are still that 0-16 team in his eyes, and he's not worried. Then they get blown out by the Browns. You look dumb. So, nice nice job. Have fun You're- sitting at home, playing Xbox, watching TV, because you ain't advancing, bud. I'm sorry. Right. Well, and then he's, then he's teaching his right-hand man rookie – kind of the tricks of the trade if you will because now you got chase claypool talking all this trash about the browns he said he said right after the game they're gonna get clapped next week by the chiefs what is it's like did you not just learn anything from what juju went through like what is up with these pittsburgh wide wide receivers they just talk 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 Talk, right honestly and then today like probably 20 minutes ago Claypool comes out again Yikes. and says, actually, I'm going to pull up the exact tweet here because I I was just kind of mind blown at the fact that he's saying anything other than like an apology and I take it back. I was salty after the loss, whatever. He says, and this is a quote, if the Browns had won with more class, then I wouldn't have been so salty about it. But them mocking Juju just didn't sit right with me. They can enjoy the win in another week of football but they'll be on the couch right next to me next week. It's like, dude, you're on the couch though. They get to play <laughs> another week. So Yikes. sit down, shut up, enjoy that probably super expensive couch that you have. Get comfortable because you got a long off season there, bud. <laughs> yeah. So it's, oh my let's God. Just, let's just, let's just not say just need anything. to learn when to shut up and just take the loss because right. well, and I mean, plus, plus part of that comes with who's up top. And I think this is a perfect time to say my kind of hot take. Fire Mike Tomlin. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. I, okay. I mean, just all right. Just hear me out. Sit down. All right. So since Super Bowl 45, they got beaten by obviously the 
Green Bay Packers. Sir. And since Super Bowl 45, I believe they've only played in one AFC championship. Was it yep. 2016? Yeah, 16 right. against the Patriots, and they got absolutely stomped. Exactly. So in 10 years, they played one AFC championship. They got crushed, and that's it. And this entire time, they have had a great offense. They've had a great defense. Like, especially today, they have some solid pieces. They have TJ. They have just plenty of people. Think of Fitzpatrick. They are solid. They have plenty of weapons. Chase Claypool, solid. Juju, solid. That they have plenty. James, plenty Conner. of. Yes, exactly. They have plenty, plenty of pieces mm-hmm. to produce, but they haven't. Right. What happens if you are a coach in the NFL who has these pieces and does not produce? You get fired. It's that time, and plus. How he can't even control his young, wide receivers from talking tr- trash. It's like, come on, man. Like, there's obviously a, a problem that has to be solved. It has to be fixed. So, in my opinion, it's time for Mike Tomlin to get out of here. Yeah, no, the, I, I like that. Yeah, the Italian dude in the sandwich shop. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Time to go. Get him out. So so if I'm the Pittsburgh front office, you fire Tomlin, you find a new young franchise quarterback, and to be honest, you could be relevant by 2021. You could be up there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. I mean, the the thing is, you know, normally I would disagree with you a little bit on the – you know, past 10 years, only one AFC championship appearance, but with how good their team has really been, they should have at least been to a, a bunch more of those AFC championships. Maybe they don't win them, but you got to at least get there. I, I mean, my point. with, with the talent they've had, they definitely should have at least made more than one appearance because, okay. Yeah. You've gotten a Super Bowl loss and then, an AFC championship loss in the past 10 years. That's not horrible if you look at it, but it's not like your, your teams have been bad. Like you've had a great roster pretty much that entire time. So you should be in more of those games. And the fact that they're not, I, I, I would agree that it's, it's probably time to start looking for a change. You know, yeah. on episode two, you said, and you called it Doug Peterson. You said he should get out of it. I'm telling you. I like I like that I'm analogy. I'm telling you. I'm right. Guy at the sandwich shop. And Get you know out of here. I'm happy for Philly because now they can move forward. Mm-hmm. They can actually focus on their football. But before I kind of put my thoughts into that, I kind of wanted to finish up on this whole um, Pittsburgh Mike Tomlin. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. A historic historically great franchise they have many super bowls that is a franchise that it is every season super bowl or nothing that's how it is so so to have that franchise be such a highly touted franchise 
to not even produce, it's time to change because that's similar to, to the Patriots, to the Packers. Like they are teams that it's, Hey, it's Super Bowl or bust. There's an issue. Mm -hmm. So, so the fact that they're not producing anything, it's time to change. It's like, like it's time to, to move on, find, find that shiny new head coach, that brand new Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and hopefully you can, can be up top facing the chiefs again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think in, in that circumstance, I would say that the Packers are probably the team to follow because, you know, we had Mike McCarthy for, long time and he was a very successful coach like if you look at his record and kind of the games that he took us to things like that but the problem was he got stale and I think that's the point that Mike Tomlin is at now in Pittsburgh but now look the Packers have gone to the past that is a little premature I, I was going to say that the Packers are going to the next two NFC championships they were there last year and I think they're going to get there this year but that's premature to say anyway Matt LaFleur has led the Packers to 13 and three records both seasons. He's been the head coach. You can't really ask for more out of that. I mean, that's a great record to have, especially as a young coach like that. And I think he brought kind of a new energy to that team. And, you know, the guys seem to just be having more fun. It, it looks like they're out of that kind of staleness that they had in Mike McCarthy's scheme and yeah. like that team. So I do think that, it's probably time for the same thing in Pittsburgh. You know, they have the roster. They're not far from really being a top AFC team. They just need some type of energy or some type of boost in their adrenaline or something not coming from Juju dancing on midfield on other teams' logos and being disrespectful, but by, you know, just wanting to play the game and win these games and things like that. And right now, I just don't feel it. I don't feel the fire. I don't feel the passion for the game. Very well said. And so actually, that I think is kind of the perfect perfect turn towards the Philly um, firing. Because I believe that, like I said before, and I called it, Philly needed a change. And they saw that. So, I mean, shout out to Howie. Roseman, I think he was a, like a watcher or consumer of the show because oh, yeah, he's probably big heard, fan. big fan. Because he probably heard exactly what I was saying, and he was like, "Man, he's right." Well, here I am, and now I think it's a perfect time for Philly to kind of move past because I think that they were kind of high on that 2017 Super Bowl. So they kind of just tried to carry the energy, but that, but that isn't how, how you, how you continue to succeed. Sure. It's, Hey, it's positive. That's the highest possible achievement that that is what you put in all of the time and the energy and the blood and the sweat is for that Super Bowl. So now that you, now that you finally obtained it, that's like that's perfect. However, you have to continue that. 
And right. I think that they were just kind of so excited, so happy, so sitting on that 2017 Super Bowl that they kind of foreshadowed the continuous hard work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I were you, I would say, you know, definitely be sitting by the phone because I, I think Howie Roseman should be calling you any day with a, with a thank you. You know, he might I mean, call me. Yep. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, phones on Howie, you're deserving of that. And I think, you know, you might be, uh, in the conversation as far as what can turn that team around, but who knows? I, I would say that I think by doing that, by getting rid of Peterson, they are kind of still on the fence with Carson Wentz. I know there's been a lot of talks so, about too. trading him and things like that, but I think the biggest issue was Peterson did not want to go with Wentz. He benched him, said Hertz is the guy. Boom, I'm making my decision. Roseman, I think, wants Wentz. So it'll be interesting to see how that all kind of shakes up kind of during this offseason as far as, you know, do they trade Wentz? Do they trade Hertz? Do they, yeah. you know, kind of build around Wentz or do they build around Hertz? You know, it'll be interesting to see. But they just paid Wentz all that money. So you got to believe that Roseman thinks – He's the guy. Yeah, um, because I think that there is a positive because now Jalen, he showed out to the point that now he has trade value. Mm -hmm. He he has that value to be traded to a team who maybe they have to find that that franchise. And so he does have his offseason plan kind of cut out for him because he has a huge – choice it's do i trade carson do i trade jalen what do i kind of try to shake my franchise around oh that's an option also Mm -hmm. however you are now starting to pay a lot of money for carson so you will probably have a hard time trading him unless you like pay a fat chunk of the uh salary Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I mean, we'll just kind of have to uh, see what happens. And I mean, I'm sure that he'll probably end up figuring out something, but that Philly head coaching spot is going to be a very highly touted spot to be filled because yeah, absolutely. That, that franchise, they aren't even that bad of a team. They just have so many problems internally because yeah. of that Doug Peterson. But he's out now, so hopefully there's a culture switch up, a culture change, and they can maybe figure out something and possibly end up on top of the NFC. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we asked you last week, you know, if you were to take over one of those teams, who would you go with? And you said Jacksonville. So, I mean, now seeing that Philly's kind of in that category as well as needing a new coach and kind of in a rebuild spot, would you, would you put Philly ahead of Jacksonville or are you, you still sticking with Jacksonville? Well, I mean, that is an excellent question. However, they are looking for a coach. I don't think I would make a solid coach. My area of expertise is at the general manager spot and they obviously have one. The 
coaching, however, is your kind of area of expertise. So would you take that job as a head coach? Would I, would I take it? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's, it's a great city to live. You know, I think, I think Philadelphia's fans are definitely passionate, which you love seeing that, but you know, for me, it's, it's tough because walking in as a coach, you kind of want to know who the guys are, you know, who you can depend on, who you want to spend your time on and not really knowing who my starting quarterback is going to be, you know, that that's tough. And it, it puts a lot of pressure on the coach because that's just kind of unknown things. You know, I mean, actually kind of the job that I wanted uh, with the Jags actually just got filled by urban Meyer as we speak. So, you know, he, he beat me out on that one, but breaking breaking news news right there for (laughs) sure. But you know, with the Jags being gone, I still do like the Texans, but I feel like there's a lot of unknown there as well. Falcons. Falcons I mean, have, Falcons have a solid pick. roster for sure. Uh, you know, I, I also don't hate the Jets job. Uh, I think if I'm stepping into your shoes, though, and, you know, I'm the GM or the owner, whoever makes those decisions on who to hire, I think what I'm not going to do is hire a defensive-minded coach. I disagree with that completely. Why is uh, that? You know, Robert Sala is one of the, like, top – names right now he's a defensive coordinator for the Niners sure and you know while he seems like he is a great defensive coach and he's a great motivator I just I think in this league in today's world you need to be able to put up points and to try and turn a team like the Jets into a just a a great defense it's like yeah okay you could do it and they might be a top five defense but if you don't have the right tools on an offense, you're not going to be able to win these games anyways. For the most part, you have to have an elite defense if you want to win games with a mediocre offense. And even then, you may not win. Because the fact of the matter is, you got guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers – all these great quarterbacks who can just dice down defenses. I don't care how good. Yeah. I mean, I don't care how good your defense is. They're going to figure it out. And the offensive coaches, you know, like McVay, LaFleur, Shanahan, these guys, they're going to figure out the adjustments that you need to get past those elite defenses. So, you know, I think defensive minded coaches are kind of becoming extinct in the league a little bit. You know, you got Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, Ron Rivera, Mike Vrabel, Matt Patricia, who just got fired, Dan Quinn, who just got fired. You know, Vrabel was a great linebacker, and he's, you know, really doing well for the Titans organization. So I think he's a very solid coach. But you look at a guy like Matt Patricia – Arguably one of the best defensive coordinators really ever. Yeah, probably ever. And he comes in to, to take the Lions head coaching job and they look like the same old Lions, you know, just yeah, not he, very good. They don't impress you. Their offense is meh, you know, like nothing really stands out about them. So I just think the defensive minded coaches just aren't 
the way to do it. You know, I think the way to go is hiring a guy like myself who is all about the offense. The scheme is going to change how your offense works because the other thing to think about too is when you get to the pro level, it's, it's no longer teaching you fundamentals or showing you what a three yard slant is. It's not that kind of things anymore. You're expected to know how to do these things. So these coaches aren't spending time on, you know, how we're going to get you to do this or run this route or block this way. It's you're expected to know those things. So if you have a defensive mind, they might have some great blitz packages or, you know, different coverages, zones, whatever. But if you can't put up points on the offensive side, it won't matter because Aaron Rodgers is coming to town and he's going to light you up. So kind of a caveat to that. So since you don't want a defensive minded head coach, how about we take a look at the past 10 Super Bowl champions? How many of those teams had a quote-unquote defensive-minded head coach? Well, I don't know how many you could say are defensive-minded head coaches. I'd have to actually look into that. But I do know that seven of the last eight Super Bowl winners had top ten offenses. Oh, wow. So that right there just kind of tells you you don't have a top ten offense you're probably not going to win the bowl. Yeah. So if, so I'm, so it's pretty safe to assume that I think that one team is what, probably the 2015 Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. They're the the kind of one exception to the, not rule, but the one exception to kind of what I'm saying, because that defense just denied Cam Newton of doing anything. So that was, they're different. That was an insane defense. So I know we totally got like sidetracked on a lot of this stuff and we're kind of all over the place a little bit, but you know, we were talking about trash talk and how like negative that is. And I get it. Like do it on the field. Absolutely. I'm all about that. For sure. That's all sorts of fun. It can be fun at times, but like there's that fine line of trash talk. And I for sure think that these people like Juju and, Chase Claypool for sure crossed it because there's just that point that it's like, okay, you're, you probably shouldn't have said that. Um, ice cold take. Ice cold? Yeah. Like yeah. It did not work for them. Nope. Nope. Another kind of example that I thought of just out of my mind was back in the 90s, the Puffle Pills played in four consecutive Super Bowls. They faced Washington in one of them. They're, I believe, a defensive lineman's coach called the Washington offensive line a bunch of hogs because they were big hoys. And that did not turn out well. They held them to, I believe, only a sack or two, if that, and they got beaten in that Super Bowl. So, like, it just that just shows that it doesn't matter what point in time that you turn back to, crossing that fine line will not pan out. Yeah, well said. I mean, 
I don't even think it's what they said. You know, it's not like, whoa, whoa, you're stepping on toes here or anything like that. It was really just presentation of it all. You know, like, don't say anything before the game that might make you look like an idiot after the game. Don't say anything after the game, after you just got blown out, that makes you look like a sore loser. You know, and that's what they did. And it's, there's just no real need for that in the league. Save that trash talk for on the field, you know, and then it's, it's more fun that way because it's part of the game. You know, you're expecting to talk trash with those guys. Yeah. But on the, on the other hand of that, I, I actually read a thing today um, from the players tribune by uh, Robert Tunyon. And actually this is the third time that we've mentioned uh, Bobbert on this, on this pod. So we love him over hey, here at fourth, but big hey, Bob Tunyon. I, I honestly gained an even bigger respect for that guy after reading this Players' Tribune. So if you haven't read it, read it. It's just kind of a little story from him. And I'll, I'll give you a little bit of the summary, not to you know give spoilers or anything. You'll still have to read it for yourself. But basically, he talks about like his process and the like, journey he's gone through. So he got cut by the Lions, signed with the Packers practice squad in seventeen. And this was when Aaron Rodgers had broken his collarbone earlier in the year against the Vikings. And so we were at which, that game. Yeah, we were at that game. That was a blast. That was a horrible game to be at. Yeah, it sucked. Very awkward train ride home. That and I was about ready to. <laughs> I remember die, that, that we had but... to hold this guy back from fighting. That was probably the funniest ah, thing. We don't, that was we, probably nah. that was probably the funniest thing about that whole trip is that him, I, him and I some random Vikings fan got into it on the train ride home. Oh I was ready. Was I mean time. I was I was honestly about to fight probably oh, 70 Vikings fans <laughs> by myself if you guys didn't want to hop in. So it was I was ready to go. It was one man army against the whole train. Hey I would have I would have went down fighting. That was, anyways, that that was a terrible game to be at. Yes. Anyways, back to my story. So, Tunyon's on the practice squad, and who should be his scout team quarterback but Aaron frickin' Rodgers? And that's a quote from him, Aaron frickin' Rodgers. So, Tunyon got kind of a, let's call it a bonus, I would say, because when you're on the practice squad, you don't really get great reps with the number one guys. He not only got great reps with the number one guy, but he got the GOAT as his scout team quarterback. So any red zone stuff, any practice things that you work on, he was getting to do it with the guy who was going to be his starting quarterback down the line, which is just awesome. awesome. So he's the four string, which, you know, we love that. Shout out four string, baby. Yes, sir. So he's the fourth string at this time. So this is two Thanksgivings ago. It's at Aaron Rodgers' house. I don't. I couldn't tell you who was all there, but Tunyon is sitting there, and this is still when he's very young. He's not established. A lot of people couldn't even tell you who he was at the time. David Bakhtiari leans over, and he says, I don't know what your kind of role is in the passing game, but the stuff that you've been doing in the run game is just not good enough. Oh and Tunyon like looked at him in just awe of being confused because he was surprised. One, how do you even know who I am really? <laughs> yeah. And two, 
I thought you were about to just ask me to like pass the gravy or something. <laughs> like for sure. You're you're actually yelling at me at Thanksgiving dinner right now about my run blocking not being good enough. Like what? So in a way, Big Dave was kind of trash talking Tunyon at Thanksgiving dinner at Aaron Rodgers' house when he's the fourth string. So. And you know, I would say that is kind of trash talk, but it's trash talk that motivated Tunyon to I would say be top five in the NFL at the tight end position. I mean, I would say he's top three because in my opinion, the only two people that are ahead of him are Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. George Kittle. Kittle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, to be honest, sh- show me show me proof that he is not the third best tight end at the NFL. Yeah, you can't. Actually, yeah, I agree. Top, top three is even better for sure. You can't. Like he's he's just shown shown up and he has said, "Hey, like this is who I am. Take it. Like take this. Take this." Because yep. like whatever he said about his running or whatever, like that obviously just kind of showed him like, "Oh my!" Like. Mm-hmm. I got to push myself and that ended up panning out fantastically. Um, Right. So actually I do see your, see your point for there can be positive, like trash talk or, Mm -hmm. or just some sort of kind of harsh constructive criticism almost. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what David gave it to him. And, you know, like Tunyon said in this little article that, He's so appreciative of that moment. And here we are in 2021. And he kind of looks back at that moment of being, that's where it like turned around for me. That was where I needed to get my head out of my ass, get it together and like stick here because I want to be with the pack. I want to be a role player. So he adopted that role that he was given and built it up from there. And now you see him almost weekly pancake somebody with his blocks. So not only is he great at pass catching, he can light dudes up. So, I mean, just a huge shout out to him. It was a great article. And I think he's going to be a huge factor this weekend as well. You know, I mean, they got the Rams on Saturday, three 30 game. It's going to be be rather chilly in green Bay. We're supposed to get some snow here tomorrow as well. So it might be a, cold and snowy game i don't think it'll be blizzardy like it was against tennessee a couple weeks ago but it's gonna be cold for sure but and you know what i love that i love that i'm sorry to cut colder you off, the better but I, but I am so excited because southern california coming to cold wisconsin oh i can't think of anything better plus on top of that i saw something that basically says that Jared Goff, who is confirmed to be their starter, mm-hmm. plays terrible when it is freezing out. He plays awful. Now, I hope that that obviously carries into Saturday. We will kind of just have to see what becomes of that. But it's a very interesting thing to see, to say the least, because I'm not saying that that a Southern California team can't win in the freezing, but it's hard. And I think that that was kind of proved in week 17 when 
Miami, like I said, took that trip up to Buffalo and lost. Like it's like it's just tough transitioning from a hot climate to a pretty freaking cold one. Um, I'm yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to make it worse, you got you're going against a guy who has been doing it for 16, 17 seasons now, you know, and he's gotten pretty dang good at it, you know. So going against Aaron Rodgers in the cold is probably the hardest thing that you will do. But to make it worse, Jared Goff has a messed up thumb. You know, he yeah, just had his his thumb surgically repaired, and it's like, yeah, okay, it's not broken anymore. But you start getting in a 10, 20-degree weather, even 30-degree weather, the ball gets a little harder. Good luck trying to grip a rock and then throw it well. You know, and that's kind of talking about defensive-minded teams or coaches, things like that. The Rams have gotten to where they are based on their defense. You know, you got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They got a bunch of other studs on that defense who have really carried them. And, you know, the thing about it is if it's cold, you're moving slower. If it's any type of precipitation, you know, there's snow on the ground, it's rainy, whatever, your your footing is jacked. You know, so trying to guard Devontae Adams, who's been unbelievable in the cold, is just not going to work. So that's why, you know, you hear all this talk about how Jalen's going to deny Devontae like he did with Hopkins and, you know, a bunch of other receivers this year. Uh, I just don't see that happening in Lambeau in January. Like, it's yeah, just not, not going to happen. Plus, on top of that, Aaron Donald, he is expecting to play on Saturday also, but he is also dealing with a rib injury. So that could affect him. He is their Showtime superstar on defense. So, I mean, now you have your two top players on each side of the football that are kind of battling these injuries. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, to make it worse, Aaron Donald doesn't have no slouch standing in front of him either. He's got the all-pro Corey Lindsley. Shout out to all-pro. Yeah, we love that. I mean, I think that was really cool that he earned that. And, you know, the Packers' old line has been really, really good this year, so – to think that Aaron Donald is just going to get four or five sacks this weekend is just not, it's not going to happen. They're going to have a plan to try and contain him and, you know, they're going to have to run effectively, but I think it'll be a good game. I personally am not worried about this one too much. I think the Packers should be able to handle them. actually made a nice bet for the pack. I just, I fully see the Packers being able to get past the Rams this week, a little more worried about, Tampa or New Orleans the following week, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not too much afraid of Tampa. Um, I kind of believe that that first matchup earlier in the season was not so much a fluke, but I don't believe that that'll happen a second time. My biggest fear is probably the Saints. Um, They're just such a tough team. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they've just been playing hot. Um, so it's been, so it'll be tough. Sure. They kind of had a slow showing versus Chicago. 
However, like they are still the number sure. two seed. There's yeah still a solid team. So I am kind of cheering for Tampa. Um, that is the final Sunday 540 matchup. Yep. So it'll be kind of kind of high anticipation for uh, for that one. Um, yeah, no doubt. I think that game is really going to be. I mean, you mentioned a shootout between. Uh, the Ravens and Bills, I think that game is going to be even more of a shootout. Um, both those offenses are so dynamic. You know, yeah. I mean, Mike Evans goes down last week for Tampa, and they didn't they didn't miss a beat at all. And if anything, they may have looked better. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's insane how stacked that offense is in Tampa. So both those teams between Tampa and New Orleans are very scary. Uh, so I think it's going to be a battle for the pack. Assuming they get to the NFC Championship, I think it's going to be a battle regardless. Yeah, and plus on top of that, it is very hard to clean sweep a team three times. The Saints mm-hmm. pretty much roughed up Tampa the first two times, especially in that second one yeah. where they only put up three now yeah that i believe that was a fluke i mean i truly think that was a a fluke i don't think that'll happen so but yeah it's it is tough to beat a team three times so to me i could tampa um i think the tampa can pull it out and uh and we can finally have that aaron Rodgers versus tom brady meaningful football that yep. we should have had in 2014, but we I was going to say there. it wasn't a Super Bowl, yeah. <laughs> but we won't go Super there Bowl anymore. But hey, NFC Championship against yeah. the two people that everyone calls the goats. I mean, again, I know who That'll I'm riding fun. with, and I think that be fun. I think Lafleur needs that kind of game of revenge, you know. And I thought he was going to get it yes. last year because it was very similar circumstance, but I think this year it'll be different for him, you know. And then the last game you got that we haven't really talked about is that Browns Chiefs game, you know, and it'd be easy for me to just say, oh yeah, you know, defending champs. I think their offense is too good. Browns aren't going to do it. That'd be easy to say. And probably in reality, what will happen? I do think the chiefs are going to end up winning, but there's a little part of me that says don't sleep on the Browns because you can't, these people just keep talking trash about them. And Baker plays his best ball when he's kind of doubted. So he does. He does. I really, I could see the Browns pulling it out. I don't know how. I mean, they got to play really well offensively, defensively, and special teams wise. But I, I'd love to see him pull it out. I think it would also help the Packers. Side note, because then we don't have to worry about the Chiefs in the possible Super Bowl matchup. That would be but, very ideal as a Packers fan. Yeah. Um, Plus, if I recall, the Chiefs now are kind of talking some trash. Um, yeah, Sammy Watkins. Sammy. What did uh, Sammy say eggs? So exactly? it was a it was a kind of Twitter encounter between Sammy and uh, I, I believe it was just a fan of the Chiefs, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Uh, but the fan said, and this is a quote, looks like we got some comp next week, meaning competition. And Sammy, Sammy Watkins replied to him saying, I wouldn't go that far, LOL. 
Yikes. And to me, that I mean, that's just another guy yeah, who is just dismissing the Browns. Uh, you know, and Baker Baker we'll heard about it. Browns. And he said Baker heard about it, and he said, you know, uh, I I don't really like look at that. I'm not upset with that because he said if you don't have confidence in this league, you're not going to have success either. You know, so and he's right by that. You do have to have confidence in your team, confidence in your guys. But you also don't have to be a dick about it either. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, see, it's just all these people talking, talk, talk, talk. And, I mean, to be honest, I kind of want to see the Browns just shut everybody up and be like, hey, we showed up to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We pissed on them. We showed up to Kansas City, the defending champs. We pissed on them. And that means that they'll – have to travel to, in my opinion, probably Buffalo and a Cleveland Buffalo AFC Championship game Ooh. would be fun. That would be just way as fun. a just as a football fan to see that that'd be so much fun. Having Bills Mafia see the AFC Championship game at home, oh, mm-hmm. that's that is what I'm cheering for. However, to be honest. The Chiefs will probably end up pulling it out. Um, yep. They are minus 10. I don't think they cover the spread, but it doesn't matter whether you cover the spread or not. It just matters if you advance. And I think that the Chiefs right. will advance. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate saying it because I really don't want them to. But, you know, realistically, I just – that yeah. offense is just – Yeah, it's just hard sick. to – it is hard to – to put anything on anybody that isn't the Chiefs. Right. And, I mean, you know, Cleveland is kind of the Cinderella story a little bit for the NFL right now. You know, a lot of people think they shouldn't even be where they're at. But I think they just keep showing you week to week why they deserve to be where they're at. So that's that's kind of all I'm going to say about the Chiefs, you know, and Brown's game and really Fair just enough. the divisional weekend. I think it's going to be a solid weekend of great football games. You know, the I'm excited. So uh, anyway, going kind of switching gears a little bit here. We're on the, you know, kind of talking about trash talk when it's okay, when it's not, you know, what's you, you talked about kind of having a line in between that type of thing. So there was some trash talk in the NBA this week that when I heard it, I was just, I was almost, as like mind blown as I was with all the Pittsburgh stuff. So Mitchell Robinson, you probably don't even know what team this guy plays for. No, to be honest, I haven't even heard of him. Um, Hadn't heard of him either. Mitchell, um, should you at some point tune into our show? That was no disrespect, (laughs) but you just haven't established yourself enough for me to know who you are. So I'm sorry, but. Way to, way to be the nice guy, but <laughs> I don't really care. I mean, hey, if he comes on the show, I'll gladly be like, hey, sorry about that. I was wrong. But until he really does establish himself, I don't think he should be saying the things that he said. So if you didn't hear about it, he said that Nikola Jokic, the star center for the Nuggets, was, quote, easy to guard. Not the Joker. Are you kidding me? Exactly. 
It's this the Joker. This is like one of the top centers, if not the top center in the league. As Pretty far sure as he is the top center, <laughs> like I, yeah, like as far as I just an think of anybody. Score, defender, yeah. everything. The guy is way good. So he says that. Yikes! I look at the stat sheet, you know, thinking, oh, he must have locked him down. Maybe had a good game, something like that. Uh uh-uh. uh The Joker puts up twenty-two points and has ten boards and five assists. Pretty solid game, if you ask me. I love the so Joker. It's like, come on, man. What are you doing? Yikes. And that was in 22 minutes. That's it? Yeah. Yikes. So it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, first off, if you don't have really a name and nobody really knows who you are, eh, probably shouldn't say much. Number two, you're on the Knicks, bud. <laughs> nobody cares about the Knicks except for Nick fans. And you guys have pretty much been the laughing stock of the NBA for the past, what, I don't know, basically decade. No. And number three. Patrick Ewing. All right. I was being nice. I haven't had anybody since Patrick Ewing. I, I will not be nice. nice. I will not be nice. Then, oh, so now you're not going to be nice. Yes. Now I will oh, not okay. be nice. So that's since Patrick Ewing, out. they have not had anybody. Sure, Fine. they drafted RJ, but they still are pretty much irrelevant. Yes, they beat the Bucks this year, but okay, that's congratulations. Yeah, you beat the Bucks in the regular season. Who cares? Bucks are going to win the East anyway, so it's fine. But point being, Mitchell Robinson, nobody knows you. Nobody cares about the Knicks. Don't go out and talk trash about the best center in the league and then get lit up by him. Come on, man. Let me just kind of read off the – Joker's career highlights and awards. Two-time NBA All-Star 2019-2020. All-NBA First Team 2019. All-NBA Second Team 2020. And all the way back in 2016, he was the All-Rookie First Team. This guy is not – he's he's not one to say he's easy to, to yeah. hold down because he isn't. Right. Yikes. Yep. And to make it worse, the only award that Mitchell Robinson may have won is one that we're going to award him right now of first team all suck. Hate to see that. Plus, I'm pretty sure that's the first ever first team all suck. It is. And it is. I would say that it's have very fun, deserving. Bud. Yep, I would I would have to agree with you there, bud. Continuing on, uh, there was some other, wouldn't necessarily call it trash talk, but John Wall's postgame – and James Harden, the new Brooklyn Net, his post game before he got traded was pretty spicy. Uh, they had just lost, and Harden basically said, the Rockets aren't enough. Like, we don't have enough to win here. Wall basically responded to Harden's post game and said, bro, it's been nine games. Like, you're going to quit on this team after nine games? Like, you got to be kidding me. And Wall was pissed. Well, the following day, Harden gets traded in an absolute blockbuster of a deal. So Harden goes to the Nets. Yeah, four-team trade. Yeah, four-team. Good Lord. So the Brooklyn Nets get James Harden. So they are an absolute super team with James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. You could probably put me and you to finish out that (laughs) starting five. Basically – and they're going to be a contender 
because of that three. Side side caveat, side caveat. We don't have to dive into this, but how is this trade fine? But CP3 to the Los Angeles Lakers was not fine. Yeah, that I mean, just let that sink in. CP3. I think all super team type trades should just be denied because super teams are so stupid. They are. They are. We'll kind of take some time a little later to kind of explain our thoughts on super teams. But first, I am pretty interested in the rest of this absolutely crazy blockbuster deal. So the Rockets got Victor Oladipo, Rodion's Curix. Hope I said that name right. Dante Exum, four first rounders. Wow. And four first round pick swaps. What a haul. I mean, for just James Harden. Talk about put the house on it. And a second rounder. Talk about put the house on it. Seriously. That's put the house, put your parents' house, and put your grandma's house on it. That's putting her down. A little bit. All the way down. Good Lord. Uh, The Indiana Pacers were also involved. They got Karis LeVert, which, you know, solid player right there. Sure. And a 2023 second rounder. And the Cavs were also involved, which I don't know what the Cavs involvement or why they did this because they gave up a first, but they got Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Uh, Torian? I'm I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Torian? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Jared Allen is a solid player. Oh, he for sure but, is. But, like, what? Why are you even getting involved? I Cleveland, mean, it's... you're stick to your football team right now because your basketball <laughs> team sucks. So, um, and also, I don't know what you're doing. Focus on finding a team name for your baseball team <laughs> because they don't have one. Yes, and I don't yes. want you to be called the Cleveland baseball team because no. I absolutely hate yeah, the Yeah, don't take one asset. out of Washington's book. Yeah, yeah. no. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. They they have a lot more to be figured out than doing that. But, you know, kind of looking at the Nets, did they really get better? I don't, I don't know. But my thing is, who in the hell is going to play defense on that team? They all can score. Nobody. But, you know, basketball is a little bit different than football because I think basketball defense – can actually win championships. You still got to have a really good offense, but if you don't play any type of defense, you're not going to win games. If Milwaukee comes into town and Giannis just absolutely lights you up and then locks down or slows down Durant, and then maybe you get Dante or somebody else to kind of slow down Kyrie Harden. Kyrie Harden. Well, well that's Harden. Kyrie even shows up because he's, but then you get Drew holiday up. on, on Kyrie. Who else you got? What is it? DeAndre Jordan is there? They're five? I don't even yeah. know. Yep, it's him. And then they have a f- injured Spencer Dinwiddie. Well, and they got Joe Harris, too, who's solid. You know, he's a good sh- shooter. but sh- Yeah, he can sh- shoot. I just uh, – I don't know. Like, for one, I don't think it should have been allowed. And for two, I hate Harden even more because – he cried and cried until he got his way, which I think is just garbage. Like, yeah. grow up. You're a professional basketball player making 
what 50 million a year or whatever nonsense he makes or that's they what he offered, offered him 50 yeah they offered like, him 50 but he turned it down so what is he making Which, oh 40 oh rough that? life like come probably, on dude yeah probably 30 jesus like, like being, come on i used to be able to cry and be like oh yeah no just get me out of here right. no and then if, yeah your your job just says okay we can't handle this little baby let's get him out of here and they i think they won that trade you know the rockets getting oladipo and those those picks i i think they won that for sure so anyway you said you kind of wanted to dive into super teams and i think the biggest question i have is at this point what even classifies as a super team because the whole NBA is now just teaming up with their quote unquote best friends and forming these super teams. And it's ridiculous. You know, and I think LeBron with the heat, you know, going with D Wade and Chris Bosch was kind of really the start of it. Mm -hmm. And it just hasn't been the same precedent. Right. And, you know, you can't say that, I mean, you can say that Durant was kind of a snake for going to Golden State, but you can't really say that Golden State is a super team because they drafted their guys. Curry and Clay were two drafted members of the Warriors. So it's like if they add one more guy to like from free agency or trade, whatever the case, they're adding one guy. You got these other teams who are just completely deciding, oh, let's go to the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, Let's play on the Brooklyn Nets together like what the other the other possible pre heat super team that I could think of was the Celtics with Ray Allen Paul Pierce Cage G I think that that was kind of the kind of the start of it but they didn't have as much success they only won one championship, but then I recall they lost to Kobe and the Lakers, and I think 09 or 10, it was one of them, but they didn't have the success that that the Heat did. They didn't have the success that the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, that Miami team had um so i so i so i don't think that they were given the credit for starting it especially because when pran finally hit that agency he made this big ordeal about it he made the decision so i think that that is kind of what's sparked that whole super team taking your agency to form up just this crazy team that can just essentially take control of the entire NPA, which shout out to the Dallas Mavericks for beating the heat in that super team, which just solidifies my man, Dirk, because he beat them in their prime. Yep. That, that, that was crazy. So shout out to them. Yeah. And I mean, kind of going off what you just said, I think it's more of, you know, like the creation of a super team when these guys, you know, these guys are having phone calls and texts and whatever. 
you know it's being talked about by them. So I think it's bad when these guys are calling each other up and saying, hey, where do you want to go play? Like, let's form a team so that we can take down, you know, the great Celtics, that kind of team. That's why Miami did it, so they could beat the Celtics. Let's go to Golden State because they just won championships, and now I'm going to go there because I want my own ring. That, to me, is just – it's a coward way of doing it. And that's why, you know, I have such – not trying to be a homer, but I have such a love for Giannis because he decided to stay in Milwaukee. He could have taken the easy way out, gone to the Lakers, gone to Golden State. And he'd probably have a championship like – this year or the following if he oh of course he had his final season on his contracts so it couldn't be this year but he probably could his following season Mm -hmm. after free agency had a championship but just shout out to to that kind of hometown vibe of hey like no this is my city this is my team and i mean you said it perfect like that just kind of made me just fall in love even more because he wants a championship, but he doesn't just want a championship. He wants a championship here in this city for this team. And I think that that is so respectable because it's like, that's just, that's just an extra challenge to overcome. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, like I said, he could have easily taken the the easy road and gotten his ring, but he is showing loyalty and sticking with the team who drafted him, the yeah. team who took him out of Greece. And, you know, I mean, obviously he earned everything he has, you know, he's Absolutely become the did. player that he is nowadays, the MVP, but you know, back he, to back MVP. Yes, sir. But back to back, you know, he, is a very rare human, at least in the NBA, because of how he looks at things and kind of the mindset that he has in wanting to earn it. You know, I, I haven't really seen a player like him since probably Kobe. Kobe yep. stayed with the Lakers. Kobe. Won championships. And part of him, it was Michael. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you see LeBron. LeBron's moved from team to team built super teams. Yeah, cool. He's got a bunch of rings, but like how much of that was just him? I mean, obviously I'm not saying that Kobe did it by himself or MJ did it by himself. I'm not saying that, but they stuck around with those teams long enough to build around them. Yeah. You know, and kind of trust in your organization rather than just oh, I'm going to go to this organization because they have Anthony Davis or because they have Dwayne Wade. No. That's yeah. it's cowardice. So I would say it's about that time, kind of wrapping it up here. I think it was a great show. We covered a lot, went over a lot of fun stuff. Stud, you got any closing thoughts? Yeah. Um, thank you all so much to you uh, taking time to tune in, uh, listen to us just ramble on. Much appreciated. Love you all and. Uh, yeah, let's uh, just tune in for episode four. Let's go, baby. Yes, sir. And speaking of, you know, kind of episode four and episodes from here on out, we are going to have 
continued episodes weekly. And we're also in the process of creating our logo, which in turn will generate some merchandise and products to kind of get out for you guys. We're also working on kind of setting up our pod to be video as well. So all these things are kind of in the works. So there was a little bit fantastic, fantastic two on one interviews. Um, a whole lot of excitement there. Promise. Those are going to be crazy. I can't wait for those. I can't yeah, wait. There, there's going to be some good guests. We're, uh, I love those. We're going to get it rolling, but just kind of bear with us. If, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that, we are four string sports and you know, we'd love to hear your kind of comments, feedback, anything like that. Yeah. Slide in the DMS, send us feedback, send us, send us love send us hate i don't care just please send us something we love it appreciate it we love you all no doubt anyways uh as always i'm gonna kind of finish up this episode with uh my weekly quote and since today we talked a lot about coaching and you know kind of things like that i'm gonna go with a good coach can change a game but a great coach can change a life Sudden out here at Four String. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon. We'll see you next time.